Coming up today on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. This is not the time to get into a bunch of old issues. And so if it comes up, you might acknowledge the hurt or you might say, yes, that's an issue. But say something like, it was unfortunate that that happened. And then try to redirect the conversation and keep it really neutral. The Dr. Linda Mental Show is next. everyone and welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, and I'm here along with my co-host Chris Weigel. And every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad that you've joined us. Dr. Linda, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes. It's December. <laughs> we're into the holidays. That's right. And the question is for this program, is it really the most wonderful time of the year? Yeah, well, that answer pretty much depends on your family, I think. If you enjoy them and you get along with them, Chris, it, I think it can be the most wonderful time of the year. Mm -hmm. I love the holidays. I love Christmas. But if your family isn't so wonderful, then the holidays can be a trip into family dysfunction. Right. And then they're very stressful. So do you enjoy extended time with your family, and do you look forward to that time? Next question. What's next on the list here? Um, it's, I think it's the same as what anyone would say. Of course, we enjoy our family, but there can be those those stressful conversations, you know, uh, just some of that dynamic that never really fixes itself. Yeah. And that's on both sides of the family. Um, so it's... Yes, it is Mixed enjoyable. Feelings, right, yeah. The, the, good times, difficult times. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I actually miss a lot of my family. I came from a really large family. My dad had, which I can't remember which one, one had seven and one had eight mm -hmm. brothers and sisters. Wow. So lots and lots of relatives. And it was loud. It was boisterous. There was tons <laughs> of food. People would yell at each other. But we never got into anything that was really problematic right. you know it's just personalities that sometimes clashed a little bit here and there now Sharon's side of the family is huge there are too many of them but <laughs> now, my side of the family it's just me and my sister my mom and dad so it's okay a little smaller it's hard to be stressed out with each other because you can't talk about each other behind our backs because <laughs> it's just us so, but you know one of the issues with the holidays and family is that there are lots of opportunities, like we said, for conflict to come up, mm -hmm. stress can really ramp up this time of year. One survey we looked at said two in five people say that getting together with family for the holidays is almost always a stressful time. It seems a little bit like a lot, but then I'm thinking, okay, that means three out of five don't feel that way, right? right. Mm -hmm. But family angst can be a gift that's not worth giving <laughs> to a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, let's get, I know, right? just let's a get some more. A <laughs> little bit, yeah. That's right. But the stress is usually related, like you mentioned it a minute ago, it's related to sort of long simmering issues mm -hmm. that people really don't deal with throughout the year. And then you get everybody together, and so it triggers those things or brings them to the surface. And then you've got you know different personalities. Now you've got a lot of ideology clashes mm -hmm. when families get together. But if you anticipate what's going to trigger you to get upset or stressed, then usually you can have a plan for that in advance. And that's what we want to encourage today. That's right, like discussing politics and oh. religion. And, of course, now oh. COVID, masks, vaccines. All of these topics can make the holidays more about you know, arguing and being upset more than fun and memories. It used to be, you know, you'd 
argue about a football game. Right. But now we have so much great content to argue about. It's <laughs> fantastic. Mask wearing and vaccines right. and all of this. It, in some ways, it's really tearing families apart. Mm-hmm. So I, I wonder what's going to happen in the holidays when these newer topics come up and politics has gotten so divisive. So the key really here is how do you handle those hot buttons? And the reason we want to work on staying in the family, we want you to stay in your family and try to work through some of those difficult issues or handle them in a good way that doesn't create a lot of conflict. Because one of the things that is always happening in families, Chris, is your kids are watching. Mm. They're looking at how you deal with mom and dad or grandparents or siblings, and they're learning from you how to manage conflict, especially when they see everybody get together over the holidays. It seems like all families have at least one or two relatives who make the the family get together a bit intense, a little bit awkward, and just uncomfortable. Does it help to think ahead of time how you want to respond to that person? So on the drive over, say, okay, look, Ed's going to be there. Yeah. How do we deal with this? And we know who they are, don't we? It, it's, it's, yeah, it's, Ed. it's Ed. It's Ed. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's what we're saying. Anticipate those issues. Families will probably get very reactive to issues and you need to re- you need to think ahead how am i going to respond to that like what can i do different so for example if your mom complains about your sister to you mm-hmm. you just determine okay i'm going to tell my mom in a nice way why don't you talk to uh, my sister directly and i w- i'd like to stay out of the middle of that hey mom knock it off should you say that well <laughs> a little nicer way would be to say <laughs> i'm a little uncomfortable with you talking to me about her why don't you talk to her directly mm-hmm. and then if she says i can't then you can say well i don't think it's real good for me to be in the middle of all of that so in a way it's like uh we should pick our battles yes the best strategy is just to let some things go that are not really important to the holiday and is this really when you want to take on major family issues right we want to celebrate the birth of jesus yes not how big of a jerk uncle ed is over the holidays uncle ed, please don't feel offended by chris's constant reference to you i'm saying that because we don't have an uncle ed oh, good yeah. good i'm glad to hear that now, now one thing that helps family stress during the holidays is to build some traditions now on my side of the family we don't have a lot of really I think dad makes omelets on Christmas morning. Okay, that's a tradition. There's that, right? Yeah. Uh, Now, Sharon's mom, on the other hand, is a tradition machine. Really? She likes traditions. Uh, What about you guys? We do the, you know, the things that probably a lot of people do. We always went to church. We came home. We went to our grandparents before we opened up gifts, Mm -hmm. which was agony to children. Right, yeah. My grandfather really loved it. He was kind of like the patriarch of the family. And he would sit and he would tell us about the Bible stuff and the stories. And we're all just like... Okay, we're counting down the time. We're going, can we, are we done? Are we done? Can we go home? Can we open up presents? Mm-hmm. But it was a tradition, and we read the Christmas story. We opened up the presents. But years and years ago, we started some random tradition on Christmas where we all went bowling <laughs> on Christmas Day. And yep. I have these two uncles that are really competitive, ultra competitive. I mean, mm-hmm. they have gotten thrown out of football games. Oh, wow. Uh, and they, they don't use substances. So <laughs> <And> they're sober. <laughs> they're, that's right. And so um, they had bowling shoes and the ball mm. and everything. So they right. they wanted to go to take us all down, right? But we all just thought it was so funny because we were all so bad. We only bowled once a year, right. and it became this holiday thing where we would eat the big Christmas dinner and then we'd all go bowling. It was that's actually great. kind of fun, right? It is important to create those types of memories and I traditions. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. And if you don't have any. We actually found a list to help you out, and one of those is to make traditional foods, which I like that idea. Do you do, you do that? Well, my dad makes the omelets. Of the omelets. Sharon likes to bake a lot. 
cookies and stuff. Yeah, likes to bake yeah. A lot. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we started this seafood on Christmas Eve, and I don't know where that came from because we're German, and I don't think that's a German <laughs> tradition. But it kind of stuck over the years, you know. So we kept it up. In case you need some ideas, here are a few. And one of those is, like we said, cooking and baking. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, my mom and aunt used to get together every year, and they would bake literally hundreds of cookies. We would eat those things until March. Did they exchange them and do the exchange things? So some families do exchanges. So one makes a certain kind, another makes another kind. This no. was this was just, just lots of cookies. Cookie factory, yes. And I'm thinking of things like we did when the kids were young. We did gingerbread houses. Mm-hmm. We went caroling in our neighborhood, and we kind of revived that. Oh, great! Here they come again. I know, but yeah. we were good. Well, I think we were good. We did it one year in German. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. And I don't know any German, so I was really just making up words. Mm-hmm. It was pretty interesting. I mean, there are things like when we lived in Virginia. Beach, Chris, every year we went to Lights on the Beach. Oh. It was you drive on the boardwalk and there are lights on the beach. They give you music and hot chocolate, and it was became a tradition mm-hmm. in the family. Now, here's what I forgot about. Uh, we used to live near a really nice tree farm, and every year we'd take the kids and, and cut down our own tree. I love that. That was nice. It was really out in the middle of nowhere. It was really neat. And so there's things like Elf on the Shelf and watching mm-hmm. the Grinch and, you know, having a holiday playlist. We did the Advent candles. We did that, you know, when the Advent season started, we always have that out. Mm-hmm. I think it's good, too, to, to start a tradition to maybe volunteer in a soup kitchen or do something with your neighbors to show, you know, sort of kindness and giving. There's so many more things you can do. But the point is, if you have some traditions, you create some purposeful fun, Mm -hmm. then you're going to reduce the stress in your family. And that could be a real good preventative strategy. And sometimes prevention is what it takes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. An ounce of prevention. What is that? Something like that. Something a pound. Pound and an ounce. I don't remember remember the saying, but yes. Okay. I think let's let's just go to the break. (laughs) Sounds like a good idea. (laughs) When we return, how we respond to common problems that stress us out. More to come on the Dr. Linda Mental Show. Some days I simply have to fight discouragement. When those days come, I like to read the Psalms and meditate on the cure for my discouragement. Take Psalm 103, for example. David, feeling discouraged, talks to himself in a way that uplifts his soul. He tells his soul to bless the Lord and to remember the benefits of serving God. David wrote this psalm to encourage himself in the Lord, something I know I need to do regularly. Instead of focusing on all of his problems, David decided to engage his will and rehearsed the goodness of God. He begins the psalm by blessing the Lord. Then he speaks to his soul and reminds himself of all that God does for those who are faithful to him. So when you feel discouraged, do what David did and encourage yourself in the Lord. It will transform that discouragement to praise and gratitude. Mother and daughter relationships are powerful and they impact all our other relationships. Think about it. The way you react with your mom typically is the way you might react with other people. Yet this important bond can be filled with tension when both women try to find their own voice and develop a sense of self. So working through the mother-daughter relationship can be a challenge, but it is so worth the effort. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, and I would love to help you navigate this important relationship and strengthen it to the best it can be. That's why I wrote, I Love My Mother, But, a book to strengthen the mother-daughter relationship. We all love our mothers, but sometimes we need a little help working through our differences. I Love My Mother, But, available on my website, drlindamintel.com, or online where books are sold.
Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And just a reminder that you can follow Dr. Linda on social media, Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Linda Mental, and on Facebook, Dr. Linda Mental, author and speaker. Social media is a great way to keep up with Dr. Linda's speaking and writing on relationships, but we also want you to listen to and share the weekly podcasts. They air on Faith Radio, but also on your favorite podcast platforms like iTunes. Just search Dr. Linda Mental Podcast or go to MyFaithRadio.com. And the book that will help you with today's topic is I Married You, Not Your Family. Uh, As always, when it comes to marriage, Dr. Linda, uh, you get a package deal, the family. That's right. That's right. Well, listen to this. A uh, 2018 survey found that an overwhelming majority, and we're talking 88% of those surveyed, feel stressed when celebrating the holidays. Now, 88% is a lot is a lot and it's kind of sad because it's supposed to be a celebration time Mm -hmm. but I think it goes back to those family dynamics so let's tackle a few of the common problems and common issues that come up maybe we can talk about how to handle them so people feel more prepared well in segment one we introduced you to Uncle Ed so let's begin with with, (laughs) the mythical yeah (laughs) let's talk about him for a minute he wants to rehash old arguments and bring up the past yeah, I could name that person in our family, actually. <laughs> His name is not Uncle Ed. It's not Uncle Ed, okay. <laughs> no, but this is not the time to get into a bunch of old issues. And so, it, you know, if it comes up, you might acknowledge the hurt, or you might say, yes, that's an issue, but say something like, it was unfortunate that that happened, and then try to redirect the conversation and keep it really neutral. And that way, the person doesn't start engaging. You're not feeding that whole issue. And if the person goes back to it, just say, you know what? I'd rather talk about something else, uh, maybe the, the holidays, and not mm-hmm. rehash old hurts. Well, here's one that I know a lot of people get upset over. What do you do about disagreements over how the kids <laughs> should be should behave or how they should be disciplined? Oh, I know. That one comes up all the time when I was doing regular therapy. Because there's so many disagreements about that. Right. You know, it's touchy because... The grandparents may have one idea about what you should do, and then you have another one, and then you're trying to negotiate that. They might say things like, I wouldn't let my child do that or talk to me that way. Have you ever heard that one? (laughs) Well, what's really bizarre is when you have cousins, and and this actually plays out in front of you, they may be disciplined differently than the way you discipline your kids. So when misbehaving begins... Yeah, half of them are doing one thing, and then the other half are trying not to do that. So you you really just have to take a deep breath and just be very calm and say to yourself, or even say out loud, we have different ideas, different styles. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times these generational differences on what parents would allow or you know what they would say is okay for children to do come to play. Just tell the person, I've got this and we're dealing with it as parents according to the way we think things should happen, but thank you so much for your concern. <laughs> I don't know if that will work for everybody, but it's a, it's a start. Give it a shot, that's right. I know this one thing happened more when I was younger. The relatives who put pressure on you about your future and your relationships. And then there's the one of, when are you guys going to have kids? Which can be, in some cases, very hurtful. Yeah. They want to know things like, why are you still single? Do you think you'll ever be married? Or are, again, are you going to have a kid? When are you going to get a new job? So I'm looking at our producer today, who is actually my daughter. Right. And I'm wondering how many times she's heard those <laughs> those statements <laughs> from the extended family right. at the holidays. You know, I think you have to realize that most of the time, those are coming from a well-meaning place Mm -hmm. and they're generally interested in you and they want you to have a good life. So if you can keep that intention in mind, you can probably do better with it, but sometimes they can be very intrusive. And I think it's all about how you take that. So I would take it from the perspective of 
They love me. They care about me. They're just interested in my life. And if you just had a breakup or are in a really unhealthy relationship, or maybe there was a recent you know, miscarriage, mm. and the question about children just makes the person start to cry, uh, those questions can really stress you out. Yeah, lots of emotions come up with those questions. And you could make a joke. That's always one way to do it is use humor. You could try to change the subject, or you could say, you know what, right now that's kind of a touchy subject, and I'd rather not talk about it now. Um, and that involves setting a boundary and letting the person know that you are willing or not willing at that point to talk about it around mm -hmm. everybody else. Boundaries again. Yes. Yes. It seems like what we said at the very beginning of the show, anticipate what may come up and then think ahead of time about what you're going to say. Right. That's why we're doing this show. We want to get into those issues. We want you to have your eyes wide open when you go mm -hmm. in and prepare for the stress. Because, Chris, unless your family has been in therapy for the past year, I'm going to guess not much has changed. Good point. <laughs> and a lot of times you haven't even seen each other. Right. So nothing has changed between last December and now. Right. Hmm. Well, here's a classic problem that creates plenty of stress. Whose family will you visit and for how long? Now, that's a tough one because both sides might want your time and to see your kids. I saw a couple one time, Chris, in therapy who were just so upset because their families were fighting over who was going to go where, when, and they mm -hmm. were really, they just booked a Caribbean Christmas and they just said, we're not going to see either of them. I think they mm. made their point, right. but the families were not too happy. Let's see Caribbean in my future. Yes, that's a good idea. <laughs> it would be nice to be in the right. Caribbean at Christmas. <laughs> well, like, it's, like you said, it can be a tug of war, so I, I totally get the escape route. And sometimes it's all about traditions and, and what both families expect you to do. If you open presents on Christmas Eve, they want you to be there. But then if you open on Christmas morning, that is the expectation. And when both sides do the same thing, it, it's tricky. It's tricky. And sometimes you have to alternate years. And the, mm -hmm. the, But the couple should talk about the family rituals, the traditions, which ones of those are important, which ones they want to take part in, how much travel mm -hmm. is realistic in, in terms of time and finances. Again, all we're saying is hash it out ahead of time. Then as a united front, as a couple, present it to your both of your families. And if the travel time and all of that becomes too much, then maybe you host the event at your house and you delegate people bringing food. Here's one. And this is actually uh, an argument between me and Sharon. How much to spend on each person without going into debt? I know. I, again, this one has to be talked about really early before the gift buying begins, because sometimes you start to have a conversation and someone in your family says, wait, I already bought a present. Mm -hmm, and I spent right. $50. And right. you're saying, wait, we only want to spend 20 because there's so many of you or something. <laughs> yeah, there's too many of you. There's too many. Right. So, you know, a lot of families deal with this by drawing names mm -hmm. or they have a cap on the gifts. Again, if you just get together as a family, but that can be a pretty conflictual conversation. Right. But decide what you're going to do. We've attempted to have that conversation with Sharon's family because, again, they are so large. Yeah. So what has happened is a dollar cap has been put on the gifts. I like the idea of drawing. One dollar? Well, a, oh, a, a you mean a dollar? <laughs> I thought when you said a dollar, I thought right. only a dollar. What do you One buy? A dollar store? I guess right. you go to the dollar store. But, so they, they've they capped the amount. Cap. Right. And I like the idea of drawing a name. I mean, even yeah. if you draw the name of one of the, the kids, like, oh, cool, I get to buy for, you know, Uncle Ed. But they get a better gift, I think, when you do that, don't you? If you're only buying for a few because you're right. drawing names, yes. you can get them something really nice, and I it agree. could be a lot more meaningful. I don't. I think that's a good suggestion. And it would be so much fun to have, let's say, my 13-year-old draws the name of Uncle Ed. 
So then she has to figure out a gift to buy. What he likes. I think it would be so much fun to do that. That would be a good way to do it. But like you said, we've we've had that conversation and it didn't go well. So So, (laughs) we went with a dollar. Well, maybe revisit it. Maybe Mm -hmm. revisit it. It, You know, I think with finances, with families, Mm -hmm. this is going to be an issue because if you, like with a big family and you're spending. $40, $50 $40, $50 on a present, oh, yeah. that gets really expensive it over is, time. So I think crazy. you could revisit that conversation. That's right. Well, we do need to go to a short break, but stay with us as we continue to discuss common points of stress during family holiday time. Are your priorities all out of line? Are you running through the kitchen because the sight of dishes in the sink is more than you can bear? Or avoiding the laundry room for fear a pile of dirty jeans will jump up and grab you? Are extra hours spent at work or outside commitments taking a toll on your home and family? Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the Relationship Doctor. And if this sounds anything like your house, you may have a priority problem. Getting your priorities in line might feel like trying to rein in a bucking bronco, but it can be done. Here are a few keys. Take small steps. Don't try to attack laundry and housekeeping all at once. Spread the work out and enlist the help of family members. And don't put things off. Piling another dish and a cup in the sink won't help. Instead, try and stay ahead by handling cleaning up more regularly. Look, we all have occasions when we have to hurry off and leave a job or two undone. But if this is your habit, you may need a priority adjustment. And you can do it one step at a time. Conflict is a part of every healthy relationship. How you deal with conflict is what will either grow or destroy relationships. Do you avoid? Maybe you become highly emotional and then regret what you said or did. Getting control of our emotions is not always easy, but it is possible. Hi, this is Dr. Linda Mintel, and I wrote the book, We Need to Talk, in order to help all of us deal better with conflict. We Need to Talk, available at bookstores and online where books are sold. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Check out her website, drlindamental.com, and her book that relates to today's topic is I Married You, Not Your Family. And remember, the podcast can be listened to or shared anytime. Go to myfaithradio.com or your favorite podcast platform. Dr. Linda, I like your book titles because you have another book titled I love your mother, but... That's right. <laughs> so it, it gets to the point right away. It does. Away. It gets to those family dynamics, which we're talking about. Right, exactly. Speaking of that, let's go back to Uncle Ed again. <laughs> Poor Uncle Ed. Poor Uncle Ed. <laughs> what about when he brings up embarrassing childhood stories? That is the worst when that happens, especially if some there's a young adult in the family that has brought somebody that they're dating, oh, right. and then mm-hmm. they hear some horrible story mm-hmm. about that. Now, one thing that is funny, my Uncle Don has always threatened, and he, and it's a shtick, because he said he was going to do it at high school graduation and at my wedding, and he never did. But he says there's this picture of me when I was a kid that is extremely embarrassing. He's going to show it to everybody. He's never showed it to anybody, <laughs> but he's been holding that over my head for years. Yeah, well, you got to be careful with that. I, again, I think if somebody brings it up, you can try mm-hmm. to stay positive and then just kind of make a joke and redirect that conversation right. away from that. Well, this is one that can be very upsetting. It's when parents default to their former roles and treat you like a child, telling you how to spend your time or tell you what to do and comment on your appearance and your job. You feel like a, a kid again. 
And that, that does happen. You know, as soon as you pull up into the driveway of your family home, mm-hmm. it's amazing how you remember your roles in the family when you right. were growing up and how you kind of begin to assume those roles again. I think, you know, if they if they start to do that, I had that issue with my mom when I was there a lot of times where she wanted me to do very specific things, not ever see anybody else that I knew in the town and stuff. And at one point I just said, you know, thanks. When she was telling me something that I needed to do, I would say, thanks, I've been a grown-up for a while now, <laughs> and I, I kind of know what to do. I think right. humor goes a long way. Right. And sometimes you just have to prompt as the adult child to say, you know, I got this, or right. I appreciate your concern for me, but let me figure out what to do. There was a, an incident, actually, around the holidays, where, for whatever reason, my dad sort of reverted back to me being a 10-year-old. Yeah. And I just bowed up, and it hasn't happened again. So humor can go a long way, but sometimes it takes a little bit of, hey, no. A little assertiveness we're not to just doing to that. say we're not doing that. Well, that's right. good. That's good. Well, I was thinking that conflict comes up because some families think that we are all the same because we came from the same family. <laughs> but then there's that other family, especially when you're married, and it can uh, change things yeah. and maybe introduce a little bit of conflict. Yeah, and we're not all the same, especially right. if there are people with different values and goals than some of the other family members. Because... I'm sure you have in your family, like most families do, there's some Christians, non-Christians, people that have very different points of view on politics and ideology and things like that. So because of those pre-established roles, though, Chris, of who we are supposed to be Mm -hmm. and how we're supposed to act based on a lot of things like birth order and sort of the family rules, family systems don't always give us the space to be who we are. And holidays can really highlight everything that may have changed. So if there's divorce or death or college students returning home or somebody absent due to the military service, Mm -hmm. if the family rules aren't talked about or they're talked about in a way that doesn't allow people to grow and change, that can be a stress factor in families. And expectations have we done shows on expectations before? We have. It's such on a big so topic. many things. Yes. Yeah, it really plays into this, doesn't it? The biggest expectation is don't expect miracles. Mm-hmm. You know, expect it to be similar to what it's been like years past and keep your expectations of others and yourself very realistic. This is the time you have to put up with someone that you generally have avoided if they're in your family. Mm-hmm. And if there's someone who holds a grudge or with whom you've had a disagreement, I would say try contacting them beforehand and then try to reach out to them so that this stuff doesn't come up so much during the actual holiday time. So contact and ask if they're coming at all? Well, that'd probably be a good idea so you know how to prepare. Is Uncle Ed going to be there this year? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about a few tips uh, we can use to de-stress. Okay, I'm just going to go through eight really quick, Mm -hmm. and we're going to do do some self-care so everybody does better when they get good sleep. Mm, Right. Set up a play area for the kids so that the kids aren't just bouncing around everywhere in everybody's, you know, space. Play games so that you have something structured to do and you're not just sitting around trying to be pleasant when you Mm. may not feel that way. And you're developing traditions. A lot of humor. Be respectful and civil. No hot controversial topics during the holidays. Mm -hmm. Manage your expectations. Let go of perfection because this is never going to be a Christmas card in most families. And you can opt out if it's a really toxic family system. If you have lots of substance use in your family or mental illness and you think they're going to be problems, have an exit strategy so that you don't have to suffer any type of abuse. Well, from everything that we've talked about, it sounds like it's best when you don't let your emotions get the best of you. Yeah. So again, we want you to think ahead how you're going to respond. This holiday season, we're really hoping that God's peace will rule in your heart 
The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus, is what Philippians tells us. So meditate on that. Manage the stress and then make some positive memories. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Katie Mintel, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes the show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.